welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And I'm going to go ahead and introduce the crew to you guys. If you don't mind waiting for the video portion of our show, we have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler. And all retired this evening, we have Chief John Newman. Major, welcome back. Ronald McMullen. Uh, we have... Uh, Corporal David D'Agresto, we've got Officer Andrew Casal and Producer Will Statcher. So I think I've got everybody covered. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Galls. Uh, we have GunLearn.com, Guardian Alliance Technologies, MyMedicare.live, Tactote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. So thanks to all those entities for helping make this show happen. We are on uh, actually on PoliceOne.com on this one, Off-Duty Police Officer Responsibilities. Interesting article, um, and uh, Lexapool founder and board member Gordon Graham is the one that talked about this. Um, the little sub-note here is most LEOs, law enforcement officers across the country, have the authority to make arrests even when off-duty, but just because we can do something does not mean that we should. Um, he talks about there being uh, no uh, legal requirement for off-duty cops to take action. He said uh, that you know when making a decision whether to intervene in a situation when off-duty, there's a ton of things that officers really need to consider. And, uh, and he gives these online tips um, and uh, he talks, well, the risk management expert and Lex Bull uh, co-founder is who Gordon Graham is. And he outlines um, what should be the forefront of the off-duty officer's mindset. So keeping that in mind, there's no legal requirement for off-duty cops to take action. Uh, the number one thing he says is the tactical disadvantage of being alone and the fact that there may be multiple or hidden suspects. Number two, the inability to communicate with responding units. Um, three, lack of equipment, handcuffs, OC spray, a baton. Uh, four, lack of cover. Five, potential of increased risk to bystanders. Six, unfamiliar, unfamiliarity with the surroundings. Seven, the potential to be misidentified as the bad guy when the responding cops show up and also when witnesses show up. And then uh, number eight, and lastly, the possibility of poor decision-making if you've been drinking. Yes, if you've been consuming. So he says, uh, look, I know there's going to be instances where your intervention is absolutely necessary to save lives. But in most instances, my recommendation is be a good witness. And he says, think it through. Uh, what's the risk and what are the benefits? So I think some good advice. I'm curious what you guys think. I think we've all been there, um, you know, uh, off duty, deciding if something's going down, whether or not to take action. I know I've been there, decided now they take action. And then I've had my wife say, you really need to get involved and do something because, you know, you're you're so reluctant being off duty to do things sometimes. So, uh, uh, David and John, uh, we have 10 minutes. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say, Chip's wife just wanted to see him get his butt beat. That's all that was. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> she thinks. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, go over there. Get that guy. Um, you know, a lot, a lot of the points were, were on target. Some of them, uh, there's... There's just, I, I think the, the takeaway here is that there are so many variables that you have to consider. Um, it, it is better to sit and wait and watch and pick your moment uh, versus just diving in head first, you know, the minute you see something going down and try to intervene. Um, it, it is, like I said, all those reasons are, are good reasons to be a good witness. It's, it's a difficult situation to be in. And we've seen a lot of videos where off-duty guys have gotten in trouble. They've gotten hemmed up. Um, they've gotten shot. They've gotten they've gotten beat. They've you name it by responding cops and, and the like. So it is his his points are well taken. 
thing. And I think most recently, Dave, we had a what a, a shop, a, a cop. I think so, locally shot and killed. I believe by responding, uh, an off-duty cop shot and killed by responding unit. So um, I can't remember where it happened, but I think that was fairly recently. But um, good, go ahead, Andrea and John. Go ahead. I, my, my my question really, mine is, I couldn't agree more. I find myself in the last ten years firearm with me at all times right and i know i've talked to a few of us on the panel brett's not here but i am carrying more frequently than i have because you see what's going on all these active assailant situations the high spike in crime you will not find me out of the house without a weapon on me and i guess you know it's the old thing like you know you, you walk down and get one or i mean run down get one walk down get them all right there's more words to that uh, example, but it's inappropriate for our, our sponsors. But I'm much more cautious, obviously. But I bet you you talk to a lot of retired or off-duty officers, most of what they're carrying now more than we ever had. So I don't want to be a hypocrite. I think I'd pick my battles. It'd have to be, you know, something happened horrible to me or the family member that I'm with. But I, 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 I got to tell you something, man. I'm carrying my firearm off-duty all the time because of today's events. And I don't want to be a victim. I don't want to be that guy that says I could have saved somebody's life or I could have saved my own or somebody that I'm with. So it's kind of like you're stuck a little bit. There's a bit of a dichotomy. Do you listen to this guy's advice, which are good advice, especially for the youngsters, right? And we were all young ones. Or, you know, do you say, well, you can still be effective, but you must be much more selective as to what you engage in and how you do that. Yeah, well, I think Andrea is still young, so Andrea. I have my moments. I think that this resonated with me so much. You know, this was my biggest stressor as a police officer, and usually because I had either kids with me, I had, you know, family members with me. You sit there, and when do you get involved and when do you not get involved? And I know that there were times where I did have to get involved, but I, w I did stay back as a witness, and we are very good witnesses when we are in law enforcement. You may be the best witness, and sometimes... <laughs> Because I do know that there were times where I could have gotten involved and I remained a witness and immediately was like, well, why do you, you know, why do you know all this? Why do you have all of this information? So if I would have been involved, I probably would have been seen either as a suspect or as, you know, whatever the case may be. So I think that that's very important. But I, I agree with John. I carry more now, but I do that because of the events going on. I don't do that because of I'm trying to get involved or anything like that. I do that because of the knowledge that I have. And I no longer feel like I have the same liability as I had before. I have, I, I can still be, you know, just as much use, but I do feel like, you know, I kind of sit back, I watch a little bit more and I don't feel the same stressors as I did when I was, you know, still active. You know, uh, Ron, I was, when she was talking, I was wondering about, you know, I know what it was like. I mean, look, we're, you know, I've been married for a long time, but I'm kind of, you know, when I was, when I used to date back in the day and carry a gun, no big deal, but I'm thinking, what would it be like to be a guy and the date a chick that, carried a gun that would be kind of unusual you know that'd be kind of i don't i wonder what the thought process would be it's, but it's not good they get intimidated it's not good. yeah <laughs> not uh, good I, I was uh with this with this uh young lady once i had no idea she was a police officer and you know we're uh you know, trying to extend the night and uh my <laughs> hand went under the pillow and there was a gun and i was like ah, ah this, what, what, what? and she goes i do what you do at basically she used a different word but you know i was a little you know put off just because you know I, that that my mind didn't go there but anyway i uh since i was in vice and i was there a lot of the time with the uh, chief john i've always carried a gun 
because everyone would because everyone would recognize either my voice or my body, you know, like, oh, that's that big guy or that's so-and-so or that, that, you know, they would recognize something and I'd be out. So, and I would be thankful I had my gun. And I, you know, and you know, some of these guys, you know, we put all their friends in jail for 25, 40 years, you know, and uh, I uh, had surgery on both my feet at one point. I'm in the store. The guy recognizes me. The guy I'm with disappears. <laughs> and then he comes back because he, saw them recognize me and he knew like our stuff is out in the car what are we going to do in the store you know and i never since then i can probably count on one hand that i don't have a gun i used to like i take that back because when i went when i go to church i used to keep it out in the car because it was church but after so many shooting that's when you damn sure you know soft target you know i but i'm never trying to be the hero especially if i have the kids with me you know, I'm, I'm like Andrew, I'm going to be the best witness ever. But everything he said was spot on. Everything he said. Now, if I have to take action and I have to drop anchor, damn, you know, I will do you until you love me, if you know what I'm saying. But um, always, always got to survive. Always got to do the positive thing. But uh, <laughs> sorry about that, producer Will. But, uh, but anyway, yeah, carry a, you know, only be the best witness you have to be. Take action if you have to. You know, I, I'm tr- I try not to watch Chief John's face while you talk, Ron, because it's hard. It's really hard to concentrate. But when you're when you're telling that story, uh, Ron, all I can think about is that movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles around Thanksgiving, and it had you know uh, John Candy and Steve Martin. And I just got one question: when you put your hand under the pillow, you know that scene where those aren't pillows. Yeah, I'm just wondering when you felt something. Are you are you? I mean, did you confirm that it was actually a gun? A gun, or is there a possibility it could have been something else? You need to go to church. Next time, I'm going to bring you with me. <laughs> well, at least you're not saying I, I need Jesus because we used that line last week for Jesus. somebody else. So, you know. I need Jesus. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, I just, I look, I knew everybody else was thinking the same thing, wondering the same thing. So I just had to get it out there. So Andrew's been typing these chat messages. Please ask Ron this. I don't know if this is a possibility. You know, was it a, or, a, a human organ or was it a, pe- ne- never mind. Uh, I don't want Will to have to censor too much. So, yeah. Um, David. You, go. you know, <laughs> but. But on, but as this um, as this goes off on a tangent, the uh, you, you, you watch the uh, the scene at the airport where the the retired or the off duty guy comes in to help the police officer on the ground in the airport. And now, I will say those are the instances that I dream of because I because those that's the time when you get to use techniques. You go, oh, you guys aren't aren't allowed to do this anymore, but I can. And I mean, it's it would just be. It, that would be a good time. I, I would have. To and say when that I would got be the up, moment. I would I would pound that TSA agent who oh, just yeah. sat there. Yeah, yeah, with his arms crossed. But, no. but those are the ones you run in. You do what you have to do. You you got him, and then you get up and you and you flee, and then then they're looking for you for the next week. <laughs> who that, was that guy? That's the, yeah, that's the that's the that would be the pleasure part right there. That's that's Agreed. what I dream of. Get get out before you have to identify yourself. Absolutely, I love it. All right, guys, on that note, look, let's take a, uh, a commercial break. We will be right back. So if you spend any time inside an armored vehicle, you know how cluttered that world can be, and the same is true of cruisers. Well, there's a new product line made by Tactote that takes advantage of all that steel. Tactote's products allow you to store a variety of gear at an arm reach using magnetic technology. Extra magazines, med kits, less lethal, 
breaching tools. They can all have portable magnetic staging solutions, just to name a few. So guys, if you're looking to get your patrol cars or your armored vehicles more organized and also to be able to deploy faster, check out tac-tote.com. Um, if there's nobody else, we got a little over a minute here. So let's see our next one. Uh, we've got, um, where are we at? Uh, we've got Hobbs police officer injured in a shootout, leaving the suspect dead. So, um, yeah, Hobbs police, uh, shows the, uh, this thing shows the moments before an officer, uh, was shot and injured during an incident that happened in February on the 23rd. So one person died after shootout with the uh, Hobbs police officer. It was during that shootout when a Hobbs, uh, police officer, um, I guess while officers were giving first aid to the person, the injured officer, a woman who was handcuffed, stole a police car. So, yes, we've got another police car getting stolen. Officers spotted what looked like a stranded vehicle. Uh, there the officer approached the person who then tried running away. So there's then a shootout. So officer tried giving first aid to the person, but he died of his injuries after being transported to the hospital. Meanwhile, a 28-year-old Hobbs woman who was detained and in handcuffs managed to steal a patrol vehicle while the officers were trying to give first aid to the person that was involved in the, in the shooting. So police said the woman identified as Janessa Perez, Spanish, no, no offense, Andrea, um, crashed shortly afterwards and ran away on foot. And she was still on the run at the time of this. So the officer who was in the shootout was injured and transported to the uh, Covenant Hospital. So that's the way that went down. Guys, uh, 15 seconds before we go to the break, but any comments on this so far? Uh, it's not enough for David to interject on, apparently. Thanks to the panelists for uh, for being here and uh, making it happen. I appreciate it, guys. Also, a shout-out to our sponsors again. Gauls, Guardianized Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.life, TAC-Tote.com, and Bang Energy for powering us. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. <laughs>